you an event planner or organizer looking for a keynote speaker with a fresh new perspective that packs a serious punch? Someone who captivates your audience and inspires them to create lasting changes in their lives. Someone who has a compelling story to share that will leave your audience believing in themselves like they've never done before. I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake, author of The Million Dollar Bakery, host of this podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk, and I am your girl. To book me as a speaker for your next event, go to RebeccaHamiltonCo.com. Hey, I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake. Thanks for joining me on my Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, where I'll be sharing all my best life and business tips and tricks on how I've created the life of my dreams and how you can too. I'm a no-nonsense, full disclosure, sweet talk scrapping woman entrepreneur who believes in taking charge of your life and ridding yourself of all the excuses that are holding you back. This is a really exciting time for my podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk, because it is my first podcast series and really the first time I've opened up my podcast to have guests on my show. I was inspired by International Women's Day and I felt like I was called to do this series from God or the universe. I just felt like he brought these amazing women into my life and gave me a platform to allow me the opportunity to share their stories with women all over the world. I'm blessed to be surrounded by these incredible women and it would be extremely selfish if I kept them and their stories all to myself. So I'm really excited to share them with you guys. They are filled with life lessons and valuable tips and advice on how to overcome the toughest challenges that life has thrown our way. You guys, like you guys though, you guys are in for a serious treat with this series. So be sure to subscribe so that you get notified when a new episode launches. And please leave me a review on my podcast to show your love and support. I would be so grateful. All right. So on this episode of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, we are going to be talking to Emily. And Emily runs a business called Enchanting Wellness that she started herself. And I am a huge fan of Emily's business. Uh, she makes wellness bracelets and sells crystals. I will let you, I will let Emily tell you what she does. But before we do, I just want to say that Emily is one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. She is literally so sweet. Um, and I am just really grateful to have her in my life. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to what she has to say. So welcome to the podcast, Emily. You're so sweet. I love, 
I love you. So Emily, do you want to just give everybody a little introduction on your business, Enchanting Wellness? Um, we'll get into the challenges, like how it started, but tell people what you do. Like you sell these amazing wellness bracelets and crystals. I do. Yeah. So, um, so I'm 31 years old and I started this business because I went through one of the hardest times in my life and I want to find a positive in a negative situation. And I did so much research on crystals and stuff like that. I've always been interested in it, but I didn't know I had the courage to actually start a business like this. And I am so grateful. I'm so excited how it's been going. And I just, I just can't believe how much it's grown in one year. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. And it's so cool because I have been able to witness you starting it and growing it. So it's been really cool to watch you do that and to see all of your awesome content and posts and stuff like that on Instagram and stuff. I love following you. You're just such a positive person, which is like my favorite thing about you. So on this series, we're focusing on uh, International Women's Day and we're celebrating some really awesome women. And you are one of them because I know your story. I really wanted to share it on my podcast because I think that a lot of women will be able to relate to it and find inspiration in it. So can you tell me about a time in your life where you faced a significant challenge? Yeah, definitely. So I know you know the story, but um, I'm going to kind of start it off kind of from the beginning and kind of what happened throughout. Um, So back in December of 2020, um, I found out that I was pregnant and my fiance and I, we tried on and off for a couple of years. um, And that was our first positive result together. We were so excited. We cried tears of joy and excitement and we were like just overwhelmed with happiness. And about a week before Christmas, I started noticing some uh, heavy cramping and and some blood and stuff like that. But I thought that as someone who's never really been pregnant like this, like I never, I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was just my body regulating itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got home from work, I started noticing it a lot more and it was a lot more intense and I just felt like something was wrong. So I told my fiance, Ryan, I was like, Ryan, we need to get to the hospital now, Mm -hmm. like right now. Of course, this is during COVID. So when we arrive in the hospital, I am all by myself and Ryan is waiting for me in the parking lot. They got me in super fast, got me to change into a gown and I had a younger gentleman uh, examine me and all that. and. He said, I am so sorry to tell you this, but you are experiencing a miscarriage right now. But instead of him talking to me with empathy and telling me like how sorry he is or for my loss or whatever, I didn't like the way that he approached it was, um, you know, this happens in one in five women. This happens when um, sometimes people mistake it for a period instead of miscarriage. And he started throwing facts out at me. So while I'm pretty insensitive, right? Like just talking like matter of fact and like, this is what's happening. And and no, like you are obvious. Like I know for a lot of women, like it's a very emotional thing, obviously. And that must have been really hard. 
Well, we were just at the OBGYN, like literally 48 hours before that. Mm. And then, so, so here I am in an office or an exam room, whatever. I'm in a gown. I'm alone. Mm. I'm crying. He just finished examining me. So I'm super vulnerable. Like I'm all alone in this. And instead of comforting me, he was throwing back out at me. Mm-hmm. So insensitive. And I told him super politely, I was like, I need you to leave the room. Mm-hmm. Because he was not even like giving me advice on like what my next step should be. Like, should I go see a doctor or anything about this or fo- do a follow up? He literally was just throwing facts out at me. So I told him to politely leave the room, got changed. And here I am. As you can probably imagine, Rebecca knows me. I'm a very emotional person. Yeah. <laughs> so here I am changing, panicking, crying, shaking on the verge of having almost a panic attack. And I get out of the exam room and I'm like, where do I go next? Which way is the way out? Yeah. And I end up getting lost in the emergency room. Nobody's there to tell me where to go. So I went through an emergency exit door (laughs) where the door beeped, like that alarm went off. And I'm texting Ryan, Ryan, I'm right here. And he found me within like less than 10 seconds. And then um, pretty much we just started crying our eyes out in the car. And yeah, it was, um, it was super emotional. And I just, it didn't really hit me fully right there and then. Um, It was more shock and disbelief than anything, but it was more how I was treated at the hospital that hurt me in that moment a little bit more than the actual experience or than the actual miscarriage news because it didn't fully sink in yet for me. Mm-hmm. If that makes yeah, totally. I can uh, I can only imagine like how you're going through something that's such a vulnerable time, like you said, and also having to do it alone. Like at least in normal circumstances, Ryan would have been allowed to be by your side or like you know have somebody there with you. And I can't imagine having to go through that by yourself, and also not having anyone be empathetic or caring towards you, right? Because I know a lot of the times in those hospital settings, they're very like professional and by the book. And like, it's just, it's not the ideal environment to be in, in a vulnerable state like that. And to be like emotional and like upset about that. And oh my gosh, like, I don't know, that's just, it's so crazy to, because like, when I think about the actual details of it like that, it's like, that must have been so traumatizing, like actually experience the miscarriage, like you said, but for it to be like all of those things, like you said, have be COVID and you're alone. And then obviously the person who is trying, like is telling you this stuff is throwing facts at you and not being sensitive to the fact that you guys had been trying to conceive for like two years, like you were saying. And then all of a sudden you're at the happiest point in your life to the worst case situation in your life. Right. All at like a short period of time. It took a snap of a finger and like the world felt like it just turned upside down in that moment. Yeah. That's crazy. So take me back to how you guys were, how were you feeling like at like your darkest times? Did you feel, did did it feel like, was it a long period of time that you felt like really, really sad for like, take me back to how you were feeling at the darkest points. In that very moment, it was more than, it was more anger and sadness, Mm -hmm. sadness of the miscarriage, anger towards, the whole situation, right? 
And it feels like I, it feels like the world, like, especially the one year, like I went through a lot of different grieving stages. Mm -hmm. Um, So right after Christmas, it was boxing day and we went into lockdown. Right. Mm -hmm. So during lockdown, all I'm thinking in myself, especially the first like two weeks is my body failed me as a woman. Mm -hmm. I'm sad. I'm depressed. I'm grieving. I am angry beyond belief. Um, And then I started getting like weird thoughts in my head that I haven't had ever, which is I don't feel good enough as a woman. Mm -hmm. I don't feel as, I don't feel good enough as a person in general. And it was hard because during those lockdowns, um, I didn't have really any of my friends around me. I had my friends texting me and calling me like you, you were there for me so much, which bless your heart. You're so amazing, Rebecca. But, um, but I didn't have anyone that I can like go to and Mm -hmm. speak with about it. Right. Because we were in lockdown. Um, and then I started feeling like jealousy towards women who can conceive like that in two seconds. Mm -hmm. Um, like my one friend and I, we were one week apart. So I found out right after she found out. And so when she had her baby. I just felt like, like literally one week later, that would have been me. Yeah, you know that would have been so. It was a lot of different. It was so much different emotions that I had, and jealousy, and anger, and things like I never really like felt like before. Mm-hmm. And just something like that just made me twist my mind a hundred percent. Like my mind got twisted. Yeah. Clearly I went through almost every single grieving stage. Yeah, totally. And like, I can, yeah, like I can't relate to that at all, but I can just definitely appreciate how challenging that would have been. Like just all of those different emotions and some of them that you've never experienced before. Like you said, like it would just been like, you would have felt like alone in the process and like even feeling jealous of other people who were able to conceive and like even when you think about it like you know there's lots of people that conceive that you know can't don't really even want to and like it's it's a lot of different emotions at at the same time where your body is also probably trying to like recover from it as well so i'm sure it's like a physical emotional mental journey right hormonal too (laughs) yeah totally like that's just my hormones were wacky yeah. So how did you overcome the challenge? Like, what did you do to turn yourself around and like come back from it? So it's crazy because like, even though I was grieving through all of this, mm-hmm. um, we were in lockdown and I think it was around two weeks or, or so that something kind of just like clicked in me. I cannot just sit on the couch or lay in bed and keep feeling sorry for myself. I knew I had to move on. And something clicked to me where it's like, I've always wanted to start a business. This might be something that I need to start like now. If I'm going to do it, this is the time to do it. Mm-hmm. And I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I started writing out in um, in like a journal of my business plan, my targeted audience. What do I want to accomplish out of this? What is my end goal in all this? What's my one-year goal? What's my five-year plan? Literally, I think it took me five minutes to come up with the name Enchanting Wellness. <laughs> I think I had like two names in mind. And then I was like, Ryan, what do you think of this? He's like, Enchanting Wellness, no doubt. Like that's such a good 
that's such a good um, name for a business. But um, so suddenly my my anger and sadness started turning to hopefulness and even a little bit of excitement. Now here I am still grieving, of course, like that's, that's always going to sort of stick with me, I think. But then I decided I'm going to start working on healing crystals because if it's, it's one thing, if it's me going through it, but how many other people are feeling these feelings? If it's not from a miscarriage, what if it's just depression? What if they're grieving? What if this COVID thing has started giving people anxiety? Mm-hmm. Well, here's my chance to see if I can make even the a 0.5% of a difference in this world. If I can make someone feel just even a little bit better, I'm going to do that. I love so that, that was my goal. That's amazing. That was definitely my goal. Thank you. So you came up with this idea to start this like wellness brand um, of bracelets and crystals from a dark place in your life, right? So, so what, like, how did that even come about? Were you just thinking of like ways that could make yourself like heal and feel better? And then you thought that you needed, like you wanted to help other people as well. Like what, really inspired like where did you get the idea to do bracelets and crystals so i've always had a fascination with crystals mm-hmm. always and when i started doing my research on it, i was like oh you can wear them you can do this you can meditate with it and then the thought about it kind of came from the fact that i am such a compassionate person and i have a tendency of always putting other people before myself mm-hmm. and i like to be there for people. And I want people to know that I'm there for them. And like I said, like, it can't be just me feeling these type of feelings. There must be hundreds and hundreds of people, men and women feeling these things. I'm still kind of a little bit wacky with my emotions in that time. <laughs> Cause it takes about six months for your body to heal from a oh, miscarriage wow. and your hormones to go back to normal. So I'm still in a wacky place, but like, here I am crying to my fiance. I'm like, I want to make a difference. I want to, I want to help people. Suddenly, like that's where like I tried to channel my emotions that I was feeling to it, other people and seeing maybe I, I can I can channel some sort of positive energy to those people. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I like that's I just amazing. I just felt like I need to help people. Yeah, I I love that and so it, much, and I think that it really speaks to your personality of being so positive and such a kind-hearted person. Because not everybody would be able to turn such a dark thing into something so beautiful, like the way that you have. I think that that really speaks to the type of person that you are. And what kind of advice could you give to somebody that's going through like a really dark situation? like that for them to get out of it? I think it's all about finding a positive in every negative situation that you have. And sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. Like it's something that you have to work on. You have to practice at it. For me, I think that I'm trying to find the right words right now. Yeah. Have you always been a positive person? No, I don't think, I don't think it positive like happens naturally for a lot of people. I think it's something that you need to work on because I think that it's easy to be negative and it's hard to be positive. I feel like a lot of negative feelings over channel positive thoughts. So it's almost like you have to work on 
the positive. You have to work yeah. on being positive. Yeah, so. you are 100% right on that. That is so true because being positive takes like, I would say it takes like 10 times the effort as it does being negative. Like being negative comes naturally to humans. It's way easier to be negative or to feel bad or to stay in that state of mind that's so crappy. But like being positive actually takes a lot of effort. It's like an insane amount of effort. But the amazing thing is that the more that you practice it and the more you, like you said, like you do it every single day, it actually gets easier. And then it, and then it starts to come natural, just like any habit, right? Eating healthy or going to the gym, the more you practice it, it comes natural to you now. And so now that you've probably been practicing it for so many years, you were able to come out of that darkness a lot quicker than had you gone through that situation and not been a positive person, right? 100%. No, I, you literally hit the nail on the head with that. 100%. And you know what, once when you even like, like working on yourself, like you wake up in the morning, like say affirmations to yourself, read a book, those things are going to make you a positive person. And you know what, at the end of the day, it starts with you. Totally. And if you want to be a positive person, you'll find ways to making that happen even if it's like talking to yourself or like singing a song out loud in the car, just to mm-hmm. start your day off right, those things will automatically start helping you improve those moods like that. That's really, that's really great advice and really helpful tips, I think, to our listeners too. I think that's amazing. And um, I think like what you were saying about how like we aren't born positive people, it's something that we train ourselves to do. And so any positive person, can relate to not always being positive and going back to a time in their life where they were negative. So if you think back on the times where, you know, you were more of a negative person and I was more of a negative person um, and you think to how different you are now, like, wouldn't you say that life is so much better being a positive person? Of course it is. Honestly. And you know what's funny? I feel like I feel like sometimes when I'm at work Mm -hmm. or like around people, sometimes people like take it like as annoyance. Sometimes Mm -hmm. like people get so annoyed sometimes how like they want to be negative and then I'll be like, oh, don't worry about it. It's all good. It's fine. It's it's not even that big of a deal. They're they get so like annoyed about it and it's like I'm just trying to be positive it's like, really funny like it, that you, it is so easy to be so angry or so negative and then you just try to give them the positive and then they're like <laughs> I know it's so true and it's so funny you say that because I always joke like like because I'm so positive now and I know that you're a really positive person that's why we're friends among other reasons but um, like for, for positive people to be around negative people is like painful because you are so hyper aware of their negativity and the fact that they don't even, they, they don't even want your help or advice on how to like actually turn that around into a more positive situation. So I would say like being a positive person in a negative environment is like super painful. It's very obvious. And and the more that people work on having a more positive and optimistic look on life, the more you're going to be really uncomfortable around people who are the opposite, right? 
And so anytime I'm in an environment where people are complaining or they're whining or they're negative, I'm like, I just pick up on it right away. And I'm like, oh, this feels really uncomfortable. And like you said, vice versa for people who are negative, they don't want to be around positive people. Like we drive people nuts that are negative. You know what I mean? Like we literally drive them nuts because we give them solutions to their problems and they do not want solutions. They want to just complain. And I refuse to allow anyone to just bitch and complain around me. Uh, I'm a solution person. I will give you a million solutions. I don't give a shit if you take them or not. But like, I cannot (laughs) handle being around negative people. I will solve all their problems for them and then they'll still complain. It's insane. And if you give them, even if you give them like advice or like a positive thought, it's up to them whether or not they're going to take it. Totally. And it's like the boy that cried wolf, right? Like yeah. they can dwell on their emotions if they want. You can give them all these solutions, but at the end of the day, it's up to them whether or not they want to take that advice or or I totally agree. help them out. And most of the time they won't take the advice. Most of the time they're, they just, no. they don't, they don't want to be given the solution to their problem because they, that's how they get attention. I think, you know what I mean? I, it's kind of sad because like, I think that they use their negativity yeah. to get that attention. Right. Oh, it's so sad. Like, I just don't understand if you have this one life to live, why wouldn't you want to spend it in the happiest way possible? It's so true. And uh, I have no, I don't have an answer to that. I I don't know why people are like that. Um, But if anyone, (laughs) if anyone (laughs) is listening to this podcast and they're wondering if it's better, like if life is greener on the other side of being a positive person, it definitely is. Um, (laughs) And, you know, a lot of people who are negative, when I love that we're having this conversation, by the way, I'm really passionate about it. Um, a lot of people who are negative, they will actually say that um, they'll they'll call it like um, toxic positivity, right? And those people are they're just justifying their own um, negative issues and. Like for positive people, like we still feel emotions. Like you were saying, you were still grieving. You were crying. You were having a really hard time. I do the same thing. I'm so positive, but you still have bad days. You still need to cry. You still get upset. Being a positive person doesn't mean that you don't feel your emotions. It just means that you feel them and you move on from them, right? 100%. Like even um, late last year when we had Christmas, Mm -hmm. here I am positive. I grieved my grieving. (laughs) I grieved it all. I, 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 I feel like I've moved past everything that has happened, even though there is always going to be kind of in the back of your mind. But this Christmas, it felt like just a little bit different for me, clearly, because I would have had a one-year-old kid Mm -hmm. running or uh, sorry, a six-month-old kid running around I felt like something was missing and it literally took me a couple of days to rewind myself and say, no, like don't get back into this negative state, like focus on what you have learned throughout your one year journey and just stick with it. And I had to start rereading. I had to, cause I haven't read in a little bit. I need to start reading again. I had to meditate again. Cause I stopped doing that for a little bit. Just breathe. <laughs> I need yeah. to breathe. 
Yeah, I know. That's, I, I that's, a, that's such a good point. I took, I took like a, I took like a step back and then I need yeah. to work on taking those steps forward again. No, don't put yourself in that spot again, Emily. Like bad, bad slap on the wrist. Don't do yeah. that. Yeah. Because <laughs> so all those things are going to come back all over again. Yeah, I was going to say like, that's, I mean, for a situation like this, that we're talking about a miscarriage, naturally, you're like, there's always going to be those like monumental moments that would have happened had you actually gave birth and stuff like that. Right. So because I haven't been in that situation before, I never realized like, yeah, like every Christmas, it'll probably cross your mind or like every day that you're like the birthday would cross your mind and the day you miscarry all of those um, moments to help our listeners who have maybe struggled with miscarriage themselves, like what kind of advice would you offer to people who those memories are going to happen? And how do you how do you help yourself through those times where they're inevitably going to have like even next Christmas, like it'll probably cross your mind. So what kind of advice can you give to people? When this happened to me, I I started realizing these things within myself that these thoughts and these emotions, I realized those things within myself. And first off, you need to realize that you're allowed to feel that sadness, that grieving, those all those emotions, you're allowed to feel those things. Just make sure that as long as you're feeling those things, remember who you are as a person. As sad as it is, I don't want to ever say to someone, you have to move forward because I don't think I'll ever fully move forward from it. But what I can do is still smile at the end of the day. I end up finding a positive in my negative situation, which was my business. My business helped me heal. Now I'm not saying a business is the way to go with healing, but just make sure you are working on yourself. You have to work on yourself, even if it's writing down your emotions, journaling, reading, having women there in your life that you can that you can talk to about this. Like you have to know you're not alone in this situation. And when I started opening up about my miscarriage to more of my friends and my my community of followers on Enchanting Wellness, I've had so many men and women reach out to me. It made me feel like I wasn't alone and I was able to relate to so many people. So my advice is just, if you're feeling those feelings, you can seek help. There's always help there. And there's even a free um, toll line that you can call um, for just to talk to someone. You can uh, lean on your friends and family. Your family and friends will always be there for you. Even if it's just one person, that person will always be there for you. Mm-hmm. And just remember who you are as a person at the end of the day. You can't, you're going to have to eventually move forward and, and just stay true to yourself. And yeah, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, that is such great advice. I know that that like really resonates with me in different situations. And I think that to your point of opening up and sharing your story, like you said, you shared it very publicly on your Instagram page. And then all of a sudden, you get all of this love and support and people who have been through that situation too, which you would never know or connect with them otherwise. And so I think that 
getting to a place where you are comfortable opening yourself up and sharing your story with whether it's on social media or your friends or or in groups or whatever it is, even though it might be hard, like, did you find that it was really hard for you to share that story? Because it's obviously a really sad thing to experience. Like you don't re- realize how much help and how much support. And like you said, how many people have struggled with it too, that now you're helping by sharing your story with them. You know what? I didn't find it actually as hard as I thought it would be. My hard part was saying it without crying. Yeah. <laughs> to be quite so honest true. with you, because because the only person I've ever voiced out all of the feelings to was my fiance. So to say it in a camera on your phone by yourself and then like and then realizing like this is literally what happened to you. It literally took me probably almost like probably about like eight or nine months to talk about it without getting emotional over it. Mm-hmm. I think I opened up about it the first time in the summer. I think it was like, I think it was like June around June. We were still in lockdown. I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started talking about it. And then that's when the community started reaching out to me and I wanted to voice it out publicly because first off, that's how my business kind of sort of weirdly started. Yeah. Like that's literally the backstory of it. That's really how my business started. If that did not happen to me, I don't know if Enchanting Wellness would have started. And and if people got so inspired that like I was able to start a business in my most upset state of mind. But if anything, it it made me so happy. And people like I literally cannot explain to you how many people reach out to me, men and women reach out to me. It was so insane. Yeah. Right. And And it's like, I think, yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. I I was just saying, like, I think that that's like, I I don't think people realize that you don't realize how many people have gone through that until you actually open up and share that and then see all of these people who reach out and been like, oh my God, like, and they would have maybe thought like that they were alone in it. So just think of how many people you help by just simply opening up and sharing your story. Right. I made friends with it. And I was able to like talk to people and like people were giving me advice. I was giving people advice and it's such a good feeling knowing that you were not alone in that situation. Like when I found out I was alone, but, and then I had my fiance who was, who I was able to talk to about it, but just to talk about it with other women, because like I told you earlier, like as a woman, my biggest issue with me was like, my body failed me as a woman. My, my body did not do what it was supposed to do. Yeah. And that was a really hard thing for me to swallow because, um, I know we all have insecurities. My, my insecurity since unfortunately I was little was my body. When I started feeling comfortable with my body and I was working out and feeling at my best, then like all this happened. And now all those emotions about my body started happening again. It was so nice to talk to women because women literally said those exact same things to me. How, like, why is it that my body won't do it, but other people's bodies will do it? Like, yeah, what's wrong was, with me? I was going to ask wrong with you. you yeah, I was going to ask you if there was a common, like, is that like a common thing that other women were telling you? Like, like, I feel that too. Like, I feel like my body failed me as a woman. Like, were other people saying that to you too? Not those exact words, but yeah. Um, okay. People were feeling like their their body wasn't doing what it was meant to do, which is quite yeah. sad. It, it's it's it so, is. so sad. I know that for me, like 
it's a hard, it's hard for me to conceive because of my thyroid issue, mm-hmm. which was like four years ago, I found out about it. And that makes it just a little bit harder. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is what it is. And, and unfortunately, like, as sad as it is, the fact, the fact is that miscarriage happens a lot more than what we think. Right. Um, and oftentimes you don't even know that it's a miscarriage. You can mistake it for a period. It is a hundred percent true. Um, because it is often enough the exact same symptoms. It's intense wow. cramping in your abdominal area, your back area, um, the bleeding. It, it's a, it's extremely similar symptoms. Mm, so wow. it, it yeah. is quite sad. And I feel like when I spoke to people about it, like everyone's like that was able to relate to it which was, you just don't feel like it was just you, you know, that it was other people and you feel sorry for them and you grieve with them. And I do like the voice record, like the voice audio um, through Instagram Instagram. instead of like always texting it out. And like, we were crying, like people, like me and like other women, we were like crying to each other, but it would just felt so good because we felt so connected. I love it. It was amazing. That's so beautiful. I love that. And I love that I just love your entire story of how you literally went through the hardest time in your life. You experienced all of these really dark emotions and challenges and stuff like that. And you, you made something so beautiful out of it. You know what I mean? Like it's your business is like, it's bright and it's colorful and it's healing and it's wellness related. And just, it's such a beautiful business. You know what I mean? To come from something like that, like you were saying that you're story, it's almost like you can't not share your story because it's how your business started. Right. So yeah, I think that is so cool. It's a part of a it. journey. It is. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's funny because in, because in your book, that's sort of how it started with you as well. You went through something mm. so terrible in your life and you're able to turn around for yourself too. Exactly. And I think but, that you know, it, at the end of the day, it all starts with you. It all starts so with you. so true. It's so true. And you just have to, uh, I'm so passionate because I think that every single woman has their own story that, you know, maybe they don't think like their story is like as bad or like as good or whatever, but like their story is their story and they have potential to help other people because our stories are relatable to other people. And I think that that's how like that's how I was able to share my story because I saw lots of people sharing things that I was like, wow, like that was kind of similar to my story. So it made me feel comfortable to share my story. And then same thing with you and how many other women you're inspiring to speak up and talk about their feelings and, you know, create new friendships from it. Like, I didn't know that my story, to be honest, like, just because like, it's, it's so weird to think about it. Like, because it happened to you. I didn't think that my story was that inspirational. I know, right? We never do. We never think because we live it. So we're like, it's just, that's what happened and like, whatever. So we just kind of brush it off because we've lived it. But no, that's what I mean. It's so cool to just share our stories and you don't know who it's going to impact. So I hope everyone listening to this will just start sharing their stories because I guarantee you, you will form connections with people that you never imagined that you would. And it will be life-changing for you and your healing journey as well as it is for them. So share your story. It's significant. It matters and you matter. And so I think that that's amazing. So what is your, okay. So I want to talk about what is a common misconception that you've had of other women? 
think that women have tendencies to judge one another, which is so sad. And for me, like this, this kind of goes back a little bit into my childhood. Like I struggled with um, severe bullying Mm. and um, I think that I had um, like, I had a lot of issues within myself growing up. Like I didn't feel confident within myself. Like I had a lot of acne. I had braces. I was like skinny mini had like, I was just a toothpick. <laughs> um, but like for some weird reason, I had a weird judgments that like, oh, she's prettier than me. She won't be want she won't want to be my friend because I'm ugly. Mm-hmm. Like, um, does she think I'm weird? Oh Lord, she hates me. <laughs> like I had those negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. And um, and unfortunately, like I said, that goes back into my bullying days. Of course, I'm not that person now. Yeah. But the common misconception is that women have tendencies to judge one another. And that's unfortunately what I learned. But, um, and it's sad because women to this day and even young girls, um, those thoughts are still there. Yeah, I know it's so true. It is very sad. And it's, it, it does go back to, to, to being a child and growing up and going to school and it does happen. Um, and it is really sad And that I've been asking this question to every single woman and pretty much the response is very similar to that same degree. And so we all kind of have these misconceptions. And so how have you been able to move past that misconception? Um, so when I started working on myself, like, again, that's like after high school, um, I started working on building up my self-confidence um, after high school. I took a year off of school and instead of going straight into college, I worked at a tanning salon for five years. But when I was working at that tanning salon, you're all alone. Like there was no other person there. Like it's a tanning salon. You can run that by yourself. Um, and, you know, I had all different types of men and women come in. I've had to learn how to be approachable, be helpful, be happy. And I had to learn that like the people coming in, like some of them are so like the women were so gorgeous, Yeah. but you know, you have to put on that front that like you're confident, you're strong, you're, you're beautiful too. And you know what? I met so in five years, I met so many amazing people. And I think that's literally how I started building my self-confidence and being able to talk a lot more openly with things. Um, because before I would be the girl to sit in the corner and not really talk. I focused on sports in school and channeled all my anger, my sadness into sports. So when I worked at that tan salon, I feel like that was actually a game changer for me. Um, also with that too, I was able to develop myself. Um, I steered myself in the right direction. Sometimes things would happen and then you would take a couple steps back, but then you have to like start learning how to build your self-confidence and stuff like that. And, and that's exactly what I did. I journaled, I read like when people, when customers were not in the salon, like I would read like, At the time, it was like books on like quotes and stuff like that, like positive quotes. (laughs) Nice. That's awesome. (laughs) That's what I did. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, I can totally appreciate the fact that that you probably have like the most beautiful people coming in to the tanning salon. So I feel like getting to know them. Yeah, like getting to know their personalities behind the beautiful faces would be like, okay, like they're not actually a bitch, you know, they're beautiful and really nice. That is possible too, right? That's so cool. Yeah, like we had, we had like 
it was in Niagara Falls. So there was like the dancers there and we had people that came like internationally, like from the USA and stuff like that. And then also while I worked at the Tampon, I also worked at the Falls View Casino at Dene Leather. Mm. So that was a whole other group of people, right? You got some of the yeah. high rollers there and stuff like that. So you got to, so you had to have confidence, especially talking to people like that. And, you know, as, as hard as it is, like I just had to work on myself and I developed and, I think that was like the big game changer for me. Yeah, that's such great advice that it starts with you. It has nothing to do with the other person that you have those perception of. It starts with you and healing your own insecurities in order to be able to, you know, talk to people with confidence and not judge them solely based on their looks and stuff like that. Right. So what is your new belief about women today? So my new belief is that um, I've come to terms that in general, we have all been through things in our lives. Um, I learned that I am not alone. When I spoke about my miscarriage, like I said, I had numerous men and women reach out to me. And um, and you know what? I've had to come to terms that, you know, at the end of the day, not everyone is going to love you. And that is okay. Yeah. And that's just life. Like, so true. That, but that's my <laughs> But that's, that's just my belief is that like, yeah. you know, not everyone's going to love me and it's okay. I mean, as long as, it, you know, you're happy, I'm happy. That's all that matters. Exactly. And <laughs> but, the more that you're yourself too, you attract people yeah. who just love you for who you are, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Which is all that really matters at the end of the day. Oh yeah. You know what? And at the end of the day, everyone's going to judge. People are going to judge again. You can't help what other people think about you. As long as you're happy within yourself, that is all that matters. So true. That is such good advice. So what is your best piece of advice that you can offer other women? You've offered so much great advice already, but like what overarching (laughs) best piece of advice can you give other women? Especially being International Women's Day um, or Women's Day in March. Um, I feel like my advice to other women is that we have the most amazing and the most powerful community in the world. We have such a compassionate community and um, it's up to you to develop and to grow and to lean on your community for support and stuff like that. It's up to you to do that. Um, But my advice is that like, if you'll ever like you're a burden, to someone if they're truly your best friend or um, your family and if they truly love you they will be there for you and like I said before like I literally live by this quote there's always going to be a positive and a negative my positive is my business my negative unfortunately came from or my business came from unfortunately a miscarriage but I learned that that's my positive maybe maybe in some weird way this was just meant to happen because I was able to help and inspire and help other women like, like, you know, talk about their story. And I just want people to know they're not alone. That's so, you're such a beautiful person, Emily. I just love it so much. You're a beautiful person, Rebecca. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I just love that. That's so good. That's such great advice. And um, I really love the fact that, like you said, like if it like reach out to your family and friends, lean on them for support. And if they're truly, you know, if they truly care about you, which I hope your family and friends do, if not get new ones (laughs) and they will be there for you, like you said. So that's just such great advice for women. 
And you know what, too? Another piece of advice is, like I said, like, it's so easy to be negative. It's so hard to be positive. And just start with even just saying affirmations to yourself. I am enough. Or I am good enough. I... I can do it. While you're getting right in the mirror, sometimes I would like play like music and I'd be like, ooh, I feel good. I feel good. I'm gonna start my day off right. Like I love those, that. those like little things yeah. will help you and it will make your day 100% better. I promise you. It sounds weird and you're gonna look weird doing it, but it's like singing in the shower. It's part like, of the fun, right? <laughs> That's so amazing. Fun. I love that. That is so good. And <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. And I really appreciate you sharing your story with everybody and being open and vulnerable. And I know that you love to make new friends and meet new people. So I know that if any listeners um, can relate and want to reach out to you, that you are more than happy to talk to them and uh, share with them how you've gotten through it as well. So where can people find you and connect with you? Yeah, so um, my Instagram is literally probably one of the best places to find me. So it's enchanting.wellness. Um, and you can also find me on Facebook, same thing, enchanting.wellness. Um, you can also email me if you don't have social media. So my email is info at enchanting wellness.com. that's how people can reach me that's awesome and so i'm going to link all of your information in the show notes as well so people will be able to find you easily and i just want to thank you so much for being on my podcast emily i really appreciate you sharing your story and i just am so grateful that you're my friend so thank you so much girl i'm grateful for you in my life because you have actually helped me so much and you've given me such amazing advice like you're freaking amazing you're amazing (laughs) no you are (laughs) you are amazing i love you so awesome well thank you emily and we will talk soon bye